It's been ages since I heard this song. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. I am thrilled that we got Rick Buecher on the show from Fox Sports 1. Also, check out the podcast he does, On the Ball with Rick Buecher, which always goes deep dives on big subjects. Rick, thank you so much for joining the show today. My pleasure. By the way, um, have you ever experienced this where the Super Bowl is 48 hours away and yet the NBA still is kind of owning all the headlines? Yeah, you know, it's a recent phenomenon for sure. Uh, I believe when Anthony Davis, when there was rumors of Anthony Davis going to the Lakers, right. that was the first time I remember, because I, I was actually at the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, and I was just I was blown away because I'd never experienced that before where – the headline, the, the NBA was grabbing that territory in sports. I had never, that, that, that had never happened. And, and I think that the NBA discovered something. They were like, hey, you know what? Transactions. Transactions keeps us in the eye of the public and uh, has us creeping up. Now, obviously, viewing-wise, uh, the NBA isn't close to catching uh, the NFL. But when it comes to social media and uh, general attention, I believe that's where they have uh, they've they've made a lot of ground. And I also feel like the NFL took note of that, and I think you've seen a little bit more movement and a little more talk on that level uh, in NFL circles. I mean, when did we ever talk about like? Aaron Rodgers going someplace, or the Devontae Adams, or or Tom Brady. So yep. uh, maybe it maybe it's not intentional to try to draw eyeballs and 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 all of that, but there's no question that player movement has captured the imagination of sports fans who may not necessarily even watch the sport. Well, the opposite of player movement is pretty much what the Toronto Raptors did. We're all waiting. <laughs> We're all waiting for a move. All the American media was focused on the Raptors for the first time since Kawhi was here. Um, are you shocked that uh, the Raptors didn't? And, and, no, and apologies to Jakob Pertl and the wonderful nation of Austria that makes sneaky yeah. good red wine. Don't just focus on the white. Uh, but no offense to Jakob Pertl. But were you shocked that the Raptors didn't make any big moves? Well, you're asking me that now after the trade deadline and after having had some conversations. If you had asked me in the midst of uh, things happening or, say, 12 hours before, say Wednesday, said, hey, you know what, the Raptors aren't going to do anything other than go get a big man, I would have been somewhat surprised. But what I've gleaned from the conversations is that what – uh, what Masai wanted to do, there's two things he wanted to do. One, he wanted to gather as much information as possible about who is out there and how teams feel about their particular players and what, uh, what the possibilities are. And he was able to do that because he created this whole scenario and the, we, the media, bought into it. Like, all roads lead through Toronto for a deal to get done. The, the trade deadline will not begin until the until ter, the Toronto Raptors make a move. I mean, I wrote right. about it because I from the league <laughs> telling me that. Like, GM saying, yeah, we're all waiting to see what Toronto is going to do. And to a certain extent, it was 
is Toronto going to have a fire sale? Are they going to be aggressive and moving their guys? Or are they going to sit back? And I think you started to see moves once everybody realized that Toronto's not, they're not going to move Ananobi. If you're, if you're not going to move Ananobi for three future first round picks, then you're really, uh, you're putting the stakes up there. And that is the way, I mean, I think one of the reasons why the, the trade deadline took so long to get going is because uh, Danny Ainge of the Utah Jazz and Masai Ujiri uh, were the guys who had, were, were the clear sellers or potential sellers. And those two, both of those two, have a reputation for not looking for equitable deals. They're not looking for <laughs> deals that serve both teams. They want they want a lopsided deal. Like they they they're only doing a deal it seems when it's really really good for them and it's eh for the other team. And so that makes that puts that's the bar uh, a little higher. But I do believe that what uh, what Masai was doing was setting the table for moves this summer. Uh, and, and that's often what happens. We hear a lot of names that are thrown around or potential moves that are suggested uh, at, at the trade deadline. And then uh, depending on how the rest of the season goes, when a team's ready to do a makeover, you see those moves. So uh, is OG Ananobi going to retire a Toronto Raptor? I'm not going to say no, but I would not be surprised. Or Fred Van Vliet, like, I could see, depending on how this season ends, the moves that we anticipated uh, yesterday still happening. By the way, Rick, I uh, just got a text from James Dolan. He says, how dare you? We won all those deals we've done with Masai Ujiri at both of Masai's time in Denver and Toronto. And he says, how dare you? Um, the, yeah. the interesting thing is, like, Masai is a guy that will make that move. He's been aggressive in the past, but it, fe- yeah. it feels like this year he is content with the team being in that mushy middle because if everything yeah. goes right, if everything goes right for the Raptors for the remainder of this year, they get the seven or the eight seed. And to me, the best case mm-hmm. scenario for the team is losing game seven of the first round of the playoffs. And, and then yeah. it makes me wonder, it's just about Masai wanting the young guys where every game they play has stakes to it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's certainly some of that. And, 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 Masai's not alone. It, look, it wasn't as if Masai wouldn't do a deal. It was, I'm not going to just tear down my team. I'll move Ananobi, but, and, and I think this was reported, I'll move Ananobi and I'll move him in for future picks, but I need a player who can play too. I'm not, I'm not just going to auger in and fall to the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And I would say that that is, among the people that I respect in the league, I think that's a smart way to go. It may be a little frustrating for fans. And by the way, can I just say, we are so spoiled as NBA <laughs> fans at this yes, point when it comes to, hey, come on, make a move, do something, entertain me. Because I was looking at like 2002, 2003, there was one of those years there was, Three trades made at the trade deadline. And the other year, there was two made at the trade yeah. deadline. Like, <laughs> this wasn't always the way things went. Now we, we've, we've fallen in love with the juice of, well, my team's not doing as well as I thought. 
let's just change it. Let's just change everything. And so I, I think where we where we are with the with the Raptors and with a lot of teams and and why yeah I mean we we still had some blockbusters but you still have this this as you said mushy middle where we have six seven I mean, we're talking about the 13th place Los Angeles Lakers still potentially making the play in you know still being in the playoffs and I think that there's a lot of teams that uh, uh, look at hey, it's not the season we had hoped, but we could still make the playoff, which to your point, we could still get experience for our young guys. We could also still get the playoff revenue. You make the playoffs and it's considered a successful season. And then we can look at trying to move around some pieces and maybe improve our chances at moving up the scale during the summer. It's just, that's it's still there. So you can, you can kind of have the best of both worlds without tearing it all the way down. And look, pe- people in Toronto are not going to w- w- want to hear this, but as someone who lives in, in, in the you know the lower 48, if you will, um, it's there's still a, a little bit of a stigma when it comes to getting the top free agents to go to Toronto. To oh, absolutely. To, to live in a foreign country, to have to, you know, every time you come home, you got to pull out the passport, et cetera. That, that's, still, that's still an element that, that Maasai has to work with. Now, for all those that, that don't tweet me, okay, I love Toronto. I love the international aspect of the city. Um, uh, but I, I like, um, and it's not as cold as people think it is. Minnesota's colder. I know that. Um, but, that's still an element that Masai has to work uh, work with, and so tearing it all the way down, uh, I don't know, would be the uh, the best case scenario for the for the Raptors going forward. You tear it all the way down, you don't know how long it's going to take you to build it back up. Oh yeah, and by the way, I've said it many times as well. The Raptors have a disadvantage being in Canada, and it's not a slight against Canada, our geography, our population, our temperature. Right. Just like the same way the Lakers have an advantage because they're in LA, uh, the, and yep. just the history where LeBron wants to go there, even though the day before he went there, that franchise was really poorly run. So yeah, the, the, yep. these things just exist. And also, Rick, you're 100 percent right. We are greedy sports fans. We demand more trades, more news. And it's like, ah, Durant got traded. Okay, that's great. Now give me something more. You're 100% right. Uh, NBA analyst for Fox Sports 1. We're joined by Rick Buecher. And we'll go there. Um, I, I was reading the, your analysis, and you have a bit of a pushback from people that say, oh, that's it, Phoenix, now the clear number one to come out of the West. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. You have a big name move like that, and and you think you know, in your mind's eye, oh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, who, by the way, there was a lot of conversation. Toronto had a lot of conversation with Phoenix about uh, bringing in uh, DeAndre. I, I imagine that's probably by the boards with uh, with Pirtle, but who knows? Maybe Pirtle's the, the the chip that that makes that deal happen. I digress. Uh, <laughs> the I, I I I just look. I I live in the Bay Area, so I've watched the Warriors up close for uh for many years and one of the things that has made them a championship team is not just their stars you had you have to have a requisite amount of star power to win but of late depth has been 
the big difference maker. The reason the Warriors are barely 500 is because they don't have the same depth. They have the same stars. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are, are a prime example of that in winning a championship. It was, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi was the star without question, but the versatility and the depth of the Toronto Raptors ended up being the difference even against a heavily star-laden team like the Golden State Warriors. And, yes, the Warriors suffered injuries, but that comes with the territory. That happens when you play longer than anybody else is, chances are you're either going to lose somebody or somebody's going to be compromised physically. And can you compensate for that? So when I look at the Phoenix Suns, I can't wait to watch them play. I think they're going to be dynamic. I think Luka and, and Kyrie Irving are going to be a show. But the history of Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, I mean, right now we don't have Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker on the floor. Chris Paul uh, is – you know, that expiration date is it blazed in neon right now. And so <laughs> yeah. it's not just the names. And by the way, didn't we just, didn't we just go through this? Like, how many times did I have to hear? First, it was Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and watch out, here we come, Philadelphia. Oh, it's a lock. And then... James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, how are they going to be stopped? Um, how many times did those guys go to the finals? I'm not even saying win a championship. Go to the finals. Go to the Western Conference finals. How many times did those superstar, uh, top-heavy laden teams get there? You can do it with stars, but... What they gave up in Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and the fact that Jay Crowder had been sidelined, like, that matters. Now, like, Torrey Craig has to be a, a full-time starter. And DeAndre Ayton, like, you can't – he's got to play and he's got to be great. And, and KD and Chris and Devin all have to be great. And then you go to your bench. I mean, there's the times where those guys have to rest and you go to your bench. And now we got – no offense to these guys, but – now you got Damian Lee and Landry Shamit, and that's a lot. That's a lot different. Um, and the, and the, when you're talking about playing against the very best teams, when you're talking about Boston, Boston goes to the bench, and you got Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon and uh, uh, Robert Williams. Like that's different. Those those guys. That those are players, and those are players with championship experience. So I like the Phoenix did it, but. Do I think it immediately vaults them past Denver or the Clippers? I will say this. I think that more so than ever before, particularly in the West, like matchups, who you see when in the postseason is going to have a lot to do with who ends up coming out of the West. Because there's some teams that may not be, it's a little bit like Chicago Bulls in the East. Like Chicago Bulls can beat Boston. They can, they can beat all these great teams. They just can't beat the teams that they're supposed to beat—it's weird. I know um, it is. Matchups are going to be matchups are going to be in, uh, are, are going to determine it. So it's not, you know, uh, it's not necessarily that there's one team that's better than everybody else. But I just—is Phoenix in the mix? Sure, I'll put them in the mix. Do they be the favorite to come out of the West? I boy, that's—I'm I'm, going to need to see how their bench plays and their supporting cast plays and whether Kevin. Chris and Devin can stay on the floor before I'm going to give them that. 
Rick, I always appreciate, and you're right about the Nets. They had more coaches uh, than they had playoff series wins with Durant and Kyrie and Harden and Simmons and all of that. Uh, Rick, where can people find your work? Uh, you can find it at foxsports.com and uh, the On the Ball podcast. You can find pretty much wherever you get podcasts. And if you can't find it, um, tweet me and I'll send it to you. Nice. I love it. And you can follow the man. Oh, and on I'm on FS1. Twitter. I'll be on, I'm starting February 20th. I'll be on every day. Um, nice. 430 to, 4.30 to 6. I don't even know if you guys get FS1 up there, but, uh. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no, we do. We do. We do. We, uh, even in the hinterland of Canada, we, we, we find a way. We find a way. Follow <laughs> the man on Twitter. People on Canada are going to kill me. They're like, these are, He's, like we're we're not deprived up here, okay? I'm not saying you're deprived. I'm not saying you're <laughs> I know. deprived. I love. I said it. I inferred you said it. I'm the one being the jerk. Follow the man at Rick Buker. Send him your criticisms over there. Rick, I really yeah. appreciate. Crazy busy day yesterday, and I can't wait for the playoffs. Thank you so much for joining the show. You and me both. Pleasure. Take care. That is Rick Buker from Fox Sports One.